so five days into filming his first movie, Dazed and Confused, some 28 years ago, Matthew McConaughey's dad, a towering voice in his life, suddenly died. And Matthew had to figure out a way to just keep showing up, to keep going. And his mantra became, just keep living, which has become a bit of a guiding ethos, a sort of a lens through which he sees and lives his life. Now, nearly three decades later, an Academy Award-winning author, an icon in the industry, married father of three, a master raconteur, entrepreneur, philanthropist, and kind of an endless creator of moments and adventures, Matthew lives life as an eternal seeker and amateur, fiercely himself in, in all parts of life, ever curious and open. He seeks experiences and wisdom and insights, always learning, always asking, really trying to figure out some semblance of what makes life worth living, what makes it good. Much of his journey, his take on life, fatherhood, acting, love, family, contribution is offered up in a really beautiful and moving new memoir, Green Lights. It's a philosophical and poetic window into the experiences and moments that shaped him and continue to awaken him to what matters most, drawn from 50 years of living and some 36 years of diaries. That quest to figure out what a life well-lived looks like is one that we both have in common. And it's probably why in today's conversation, we jump into the deep end of the pool really fast, exploring everything from nature and solitude to family, love, struggle, character, uncertainty, creation, the sacred nature of being in those spaces between devastation and wild success and how the moment that we're all in has shifted his thinking and maybe what the future we're all being called to co-create might look like and so much more. That's what you'll hear in today's conversation. But here's what was happening that you couldn't see. As we spoke, Matthew sat at his desk, reading glasses on and pen and paper in hand. And minutes into the conversation, he began writing, taking notes, regularly jotting down ideas and phrases and insights, piecing together puzzles in real time. Ever the seeker, a perpetual student of life, present in the moment, and open to whatever it might bring. Simply observing this was a really powerful signal to me of the way that he approaches every interaction with every being that he meets along the way. So excited to share this conversation with you. I'm Jonathan Fields, and this is Good Life Project. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I'm hanging out. Uh, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. Um, hanging out in Crested Butte, Colorado, right now. And uh, on Monday night, there was barely any moon in the sky, nine thousand feet. So there's no clouds, and uh, there was a meteor shower, mm. and and it was on the news. So I went outside. So midnight, I'm standing out in the middle of nowhere, with like ink black skies. The stars are just dripping into the ground. And they're shooting stars kind of like going across. And I've got you in my right ear, half yeah. reaching, half telling stories. And I'm just thinking to myself, this is a, an interesting moment. <laughs> <laughs> my go-to place has always been nature. That's um, yeah. where I touch stone. And it, it seems like, you know, for you, there's something kind of magical about the combination of nature and solitude also. Yeah, I like that term you just used. I haven't heard that. It's where I touch stone, you said. I like that. I'll steal that, but I'll footnote you. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, for me, and on a, just on a, I always kind of measure it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm in LA or I'm in New York and I'm working and I'm hammering things and I'm, I'm, I'm peddling and I'm the day to day. I've got a lot of responsibilities and I'm good at doing that. But all of a sudden, what I find is I'll go, I'll get ahead of time, meaning uh, I'll go like, it's, 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 you know, it's six o'clock yet. It's 4.22. Ah, oh, geez. Well, slow down, slow down, slow down, slow down. If I go click off, if I can check out to have my time in nature or be outside and get back with the rhythm that's outside of my vertically stacked responsibilities, um, I can come back and go, is it, what is it? I feel that I bet you to about mm, 3.15. And I look at the my, the clock because I don't wear a watch. Or I look at the phone and it's 3.17. I'm like, there we go. Okay. I like it. A minute or two behind actually is my favorite spot to be just a hair like that, but like that, like a great drummer. Uh, like the like the drummer was on that, uh, that, that what was it? He, he's really good. King's Leon drummer. He's just on the backside. Of of, yeah. of of the tune, not not on the front side of the wave, just on the back side of the wave. And then I find that things, all that vertically stacked responsibilities that I'm feeling like, I'll oh, accomplish this, accomplish this, knock this down. And I, you know, start to run on reserve, that it lays down and becomes lateral hmm. in front of me. And I can land, I can see it. And then all of a sudden, instead of the proverbial weight on the shoulders of that large stack, there's no weight on the shoulders because now it's out in front of me and I can see one at a time and kind of hop from lily pad to lily pad, get just as much done or more with a lot less stress after 
and that's what nature gives me that that clock i think for me yeah no i love that man um that really resonates also i was i've been thinking interestingly because you know we're in this moment in time where the rate of not just speed but acceleration of everything is just yeah. you know, like boom 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 it feels like the way that most people are trying to quote keep up with that keep their head above water hold on for dear life is to accommodate it by trying to develop the skill of moving faster right and it's interesting because for me what i've been really thinking about lately and it kind of see it's similar to what you just described is well maybe the better way to handle this is actually like to cultivate the practices that allow you to slow down time and discern what really right. matters right. rather right. than trying to like take it all in and keep up with everything yeah well the, i mean our bandwidth we definitely we do we definitely need some universally agreed on governor or sifter or or or, or, or uh, um, drain to sift out a lot of the needless frequencies or the, the the non-constructive frequencies to make room for a clear channel for the stuff that matters that's for doggone sure and maybe that you know by process of elimination, <laughs> by process of elimination, would make room for the things that, that that really do matter, that are successful, that you can you know have make a living with as well, but also uh, feed us. Maybe it makes room for that those bandwidths to to be deeper and wider and have more of an auto bump, you know, in their transference uh, to and from us, and when they get to us, even more of an auto bump from our nugget to our heart. You know, that's another autobahn frequency. I mean, there's just so much. It's sifting through, I think. So, you know, what 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 matters, what doesn't, and what's that governor uh, for society and for us as individuals says, oh, this actually matters. And I sometimes think that society's gotten to a point now where they actually see most of news frequencies that they all, that's sort of like, I'm taking it too seriously. Maybe like I'm coming forward like, oh man, you don't need to believe it. And then they're kind of feel like society's behind their eye, kind of almost winking going, dude, we know it's all soft porn. We got to get it. it we, we know it's all TMZ. I mean, this whole, even, you know, I even glean and think about that with politics and stuff and go, is everyone kind of get, a, get the gist? And is that a good thing? That things that we had reverence for, courtrooms that were never, we were never allowed in, you know, political leadership positions that were, by, over there in that place on top of that hill that now we, we, we feel like, oh, well, yeah, we've been in there. What do you mean? The Supreme Court. I watched Judge Judy. What are you talking about? And I was, you know, yeah, I get it. You know, so have we, <laughs> have we sort of looking at it all like it's all a, a Walmart shop? You know? Yeah, it's like somewhere between Judge Judy and the Supreme Court, there is truth. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and on, on any given day, it's one or the other. It's not like it's always one, right? It's like, I got to tell you, Judge Judy has like handed down some serious truths in, in her day. I've heard, I've heard that. I've heard some people that follow her that, that uh, you know, that said that say that. And I bet she has. Yeah. It's interesting. You, you use that line, Audubon, from your head to your heart, you know, like trying to figure out, you know, what's, what's how to open the channel, mm -hmm. um, how to stop, you know, how to find what's blocking it. I get the sense that um, a lot of people don't even know that that channel exists. Like, the, I feel like there's so much living from the neck up mm -hmm. that happens. And circling back to what we we're talking about, like the faster we go, I feel like the more we default to the head. And we don't even realize that the heart is there and matters, let alone understand that there is a channel that exists that is is even worthy of focusing on opening yeah i mean 
I don't know, metaphorically, let's call for me anyway, if it's fair. I'll call that my head, the I, and the heart, the we. Achievement, compassion, thought, belief. So, I mean, I, that seems to be the place, as I call it, the honey hole, the, the, the sugar shack, the, the, the sweet spot of evolution for ourselves and for all of us, I think, where those decisions that we make, the choices we make, the activities we make each day, that actually, I think, are the most selfish and the most selfless at the same time. My college term, which is in the book, is the egotistical utilitarian. <laughs> and I'm kind of happy. I'm sitting here 20, 30 years later going, I still like that. I still like people go, what the hell is that? And I go, I love explaining what that is. It's very, <laughs> it's very, it's very literal, but I remember coming up with that at 21 years old going, I like that. Um, that seems to be the greatest challenge of where are those choices? Because the, the coolest dudes and dudettes in the past that I know, and I'm not a big historian, it seems to be what they were tapping into is, is again, breaking down those contradictions and, and, and re revealing that, 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 that overlap of that paradox and that it not being a, or, or not being a compromise, not being a loss of self when you were selfless It actually was a gain of self, that reciprocity between the two that seemed to be, seems to be the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially if you, if you view as so many of the great philosophers have viewed, um, that there is no true delineation between the capital S self, us, right. and everybody else out there. Like if you look at it that way, you know, if you come to it from a theory of oneness, not everybody does, then it makes you really reflect on both what are you doing to cause harm and what are you doing to cause mm -hmm. good? Um, because yeah. even if you're selfish, if you see yourself as being one with other people, if you cause harm to other people, then you are by definition causing harm to yourself. Yeah. So it's like an interesting frame to kind of bring to that. Well, and even even on a uh, a non-mystical level, I would say on a practical level, if I want to lie, cheat, and steal from you right now, hey, I'm going to be talking to Jonathan right now. I'll have him for an hour. So guys, that's the time to go rob his house. I got him on camera. Okay, I'll make sure he doesn't leave. Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, yes, selfish for me is the, the, is the thief and the robber, right? I got what I wanted. I need a new stereo. John's got great stereo. I heard about it. I had to get that stereo. Right? But now I got what I wanted. But now from now on, when I walk out the door or I got to look over my shoulder, I've left now left crumbs. I have to go next time I'm going up. Geez, I'm supposed to go to Crescent Butte next week. Jonathan's there. Oh, shit. Well, no, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go to New York. Oh, that's actually where he is. I'm staying in this hotel. He's in this neighborhood. Ah, he's going to be looking. I'm looking over my shoulders. Now I'm buying my time. I'm purchasing time in my, my time in my future. And, you know, if the future is a compounding asset, I've got some, I've got reasons to stress in my future. I've created yellow lights in my future because I'm looking around going, yeah. I hope Jonathan didn't hear or that person that I lied, cheated and stole from that's at this gala or ball or dinner or in the restaurant. And I got to go and people are going, are you okay? And you're going, yeah, I'll, I'll be right back. I'm, I've just, I've stole. So what was the more selfish act? I would say the more selfish act was to act in a way where I don't have to look over my shoulder to see if Jonathan's there because he's wants to get his stolen stuff back. You know what I mean? I, 
I'm, uh, what creates more freedom and, and what's kinder to my future self? Um, and I think that that it's a, I use it with our kids a lot, but it has a lot to do with delayed gratification. Mm. It has to do with teeing ourselves up for going. And I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, what do you call it? a hoarder? You know, I don't like to hoard. Every, I don't want to, I don't want to die with the most toys and go, see, that was delayed gratification. Look at my, look at what I left. I, I, I like to live. I like to, I like to eat, eat the cake when it's in front of me. There's a way, there's a choice there where there's a amount. I'm not going to go into the word moderation because it sounds re- regressive to me, but there's a way, there's a choice there where it's like, oh, for the I and for the we, for the now and for tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting, right? Because they're, it's kind of like saying, you know, the, the, the most ready path to personal freedom is generosity and compassion, mm, mm-hmm. which is a little counterintuitive. But then when you think about it, the way you just laid it out, actually, like you play it out in terms of how it will affect you if you were the opposite. And that becomes right. a cage, not right. freedom. But, right. but so many of us don't actually look at it that way. Why do you think it's, it's, is, it, is, it a, uh, is it a block to, our, to the, the, the distance in our future that we're comfortable engaging with i mean you know i get it we're in a pandemic i I, i'm trying to look at this like we're in it for the next three years well it's probably going to be shorter than that but because i'm thinking about it being three years down the road i've tapped into my survival energy and slowed down my pace and i know i'm in here for the long run the tourist is going to win this thing and i'm going to get tapped on the shoulder and said, Hey, you can go re-engage before three years. And I'm going to look up and go, Oh no, I can, I can keep going. Now I understand it's very hard for, for someone and everyone to think that far. It's whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. I can think to the end of the week, man. You know what I mean? Or I can think to tomorrow, you know, or, or, or some people, you know, I, when, and I try to, and I can not always is go to the, go to the eulogy and think back. But we have these little chapters along the way that I understand it's hard how it can be very hard for people to project into the future and still feel tactile, I guess, with it. Yeah, no, it's it's such a fascinating question. Something I've thought a lot about actually lately. And um, you know, the old aphorism of a bird in the hand, right? It, it, which is kind of the same thing. But my sense is it's actually about, and I'm curious what you think about this too. It's kind of a blend of two things. One is a fierce discomfort with uncertainty that makes us want to lock down whatever it is that's locked right. down immediately because we don't know what the future holds yeah bundled with an assumption of scarcity versus abundance which in some cases is entirely true at least in the mm. short term and a lack of autonomy and competence to change that um equation the, the scarcity and abundance equation so it's like you know if we're sitting here in a place of fierce uncertainty and we haven't cultivated the practices and the skills to allow us to breathe into it and know that this isn't ever going to end. It may feel worse now, but it's the perpetual state of being. And then we assume, you know, that the immediate universe is scarce and not abundant and we will never have the capacity to change that. Well, then we're kind of screwed, you know, and and then we become entirely about like self-oriented and it's, it's a, a life of grasping which like goes back yeah. to what you were saying before, yeah. that is not freedom. It may be accumulation, but it is not freedom. No, you said two things, uncertainty. And I guess our worst spot would be uncertainty and believing that the, the what's out there is, is scarce, that it, it's, 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 dry, it's dry season. Now, you know, that goes back to what we started off talking about time. 
we race against time. I try to remind myself, no, 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 time is on your side, man. Trust time. Dance with time. Be just on that, that drum beat, just on time, or for me, slightly behind time. That when I'm doing that, I'm seeing time as an abundant gift. It's full. Wow. When I'm, you know, understand time, my timeline, going back and writing the book, looking at 50 years of my life. I have my feet are more firmly on the ground and I'm dancing better with time right now because I, I understand more clearly the song that I've been singing or has been sung to get in where I am in it now. I have, well, I don't know where the next song's, where the song goes from here. It's still like jazz, still playing it, but I understand what, what, I understand what the album sounds like, you know what I mean, to this point. So I'm able to be a little more, maybe a little more present if that's the right word. I think though, is, you know, is seeing the world as abundant? I mean, is that, is that really, even if, even if, how is that valuable? Even if it's wrong. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's, it's such a great question. And again, something I reflect on a lot. And, and t- to me, I think the value of that is that it gives us permission to act from a place of compassion and generosity. Right. Because we, we, we don't work on the assumption that if I don't take what's, what's there immediately, right. it will never be there again. So I have to amass, I have to grasp and hoard, right. you know, and that, like, like you said, you know, okay, so maybe you end up dying with the greatest amount of stuff, but who cares? It's not life well lived. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yet realizing that that is the life that we in society tell you, yes, that's what we give you the blue ribbon for accumulate the most, you know, have more fill that, you know, have more in that bandwidth we were talking about. We're not talking about the thickness or the depth of them. Yeah. We're not talking about how wide, just because sheer numbers, quantity over quality, sheer numbers is what we, what we applaud. It's, it's what we we've been taught to say, that's the winner. That's the real yeah, that's the rub. I think right there is what do we value and what do we want to put value in? And do we need to rearrange that ladder of what we give our gold medals for, what we give our attaboys respect, uh, what we say, yes, that's success in life. The definition of that has changed over the years. And we're sort of taught, I would say, I think it's fair to say, especially in America and in the West, I think we're sort of taught that, you know, well, the money and the fame, that's it. Bravo. You got the front row seat. Yep. You got to come on freebie to the front of the line. You got it. Uh, there's some, you know, there's, there's some people that don't deserve to be at the front of the line with a whole lot of money and some fame. And I've been that person before that was like, nah, no, I'm right now. I don't, don't deserve to be at the front of any line. And I like money and have money and, and like fame, but, I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing my best. If that's if that's the top of my ladder of what I'm aiming to get and achieve. Yeah, I mean, if that's the metric, then things get screwy. It's interesting. We're as we sit here recording, having this conversation. It's actually I'm a snowboarder, and I've been snowboarding actually with my daughter for years and years and years. And um, it is a year to the day of the. Um, the death of Jake Burton Carpenter, who started Burton Snowboards and effectively built the entire 
built snowboarding from nothing yeah. along with his wife Donna and and um and now three kids and and I was reflecting on it and um and I saw a tribute to him this morning. And here's a here's a guy who has lived, I mean lived, drenched every just absolutely every part of life. Um is on everything he showed up to do. He has built an astonishing company, built it with his wife, you know. And there's a handwritten note in the tribute where he's kind of writing that he's hanging at a ball face lodge, going out for a powder day with his wife and his three kids. And he's like, this is it. This is it, man. Right. There right. isn't, uh, yeah, I, I am an icon in an industry. I built this stunning company, but damn, if like hanging out with my wife, right. three kids on a powder right. day isn't the best thing in the world. Right. Right. It's, it's that uh what's that story you you, you know young men seek going around the world seeking out prophets and teachers the meaning of life what is it what is it what is it well and then you know you go to the the the, the father whose newborn's just been born and he's like, what are you he asked him and he's like what are you talking about it's a silly question this is it that's it you know it's a good one and yeah it's uh you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big achiever. I love to achieve. I do need sort of goals to meet and feel a certain sense of significance. And then if I don't have those for a while, I'll feel less significant. And I have to go ask myself, I'm like, what's, what, what's with that? Dude? I have a little more fortitude to understand again, that you built something to get to this point to not have to be, feel like you have to achieve or check this off your list every single day. And then again, I go, well, part of the reason maybe you've got the life you have is that you, 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 you do like to achieve. And fortunately, you put some things in front of you that you, you are healthy achievements, maybe. Um, and to hark back to, I think you mentioned it, we were talking about it a little bit with the abundance a minute ago. And this process that Burton's talking about in the process is what's making us doggone happy on the powder, doing what he's built this company to offer people to do more of that. We, uh, you said that we don't, we don't land. There's not, we don't get to the ta-da moment. We don't get to the, ah, I reached the pinnacle. I'm at the peak. Now, what do I do? There's not, if you have any sort of, I don't know if the right words, ambition, but any, any, if you're on, if you're moving forward in the verb, I think that's another thing. We think of life as a verb and not a noun. Um, we all want the result. Give me the result. And I know when I haven't chased and I go between this, I'll write headlines and write the story towards them. I'll also jump off the cliff and try to figure out how to fly on the way down. And I've succeeded and failed in both, in both those, but I go back and forth between those two. Um, but I, I can easily say I've gotten a lot more results for what I wanted when I just had my head down the process when I was just having my head done doing, doing the deal. And then someone else came up and goes, <laughs> you did it. I'm like, did what? Oh, I was having too much fun surfing on the, you know, snowboarding on the mountain with my, uh, with, with my family and with that, you were doing it. You were doing it. Oh, I was. Yeah. Whatever that, you know, mountain is for, for, for each of us. But hey, if we can, I think if we can feel like and understand that again, that, 
a little bit better, a little bit more towards what it is, who we are, a little more true, if, if we don't like the word better, that's as good as it gets. That, if we can go, that's what I take pleasure in. I don't need that uncertain. We're achieving on the way to the unachievable. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And at least I do that for myself to try and just go, okay, you're, you're not, you're actually not, a, you're not going to get to a final achievement. But keep achieving on the way to just admit that it's, it's an, you're on the way to the unachievable. And if I can clip onto that, then I'm going, ah, OK. And if that's as good as it gets, that's when I'm, I think, I know for me, happiest and truest. I think that that's applicable in many different ways for, for, for each of us. Yeah, no, I so agree. You know, I think sometimes I wonder whether the the true value of a vision is just that it gives you direction. You right. know, that it, it allows you to invest yes. effort in yes. a particular linear way, whether yes. you ever reach it or not. So you feel like you're moving towards something and that that feeling, uh, you know, of having some sense of direction, that alone yes. is powerful, like is, is deeply rewarding. You know, it gives us a sense of purpose. I wake up in the morning, you know, like the Japanese call it ikigai. I have a reason to get out of bed. Yes. You know, maybe I hit it, maybe I don't. But the fact that I can wake up every day and say, like, I have a sense of direction, I know where to place my energy. Yes. It makes us like it makes that day better. True value of visions that it gives us direction. Yes. Thank you. I'm right. I wrote that down. That's that's that seems to be that's that's another way. I, I've always called it, hey, you know, let me know. I, I want to know if I'm going on a, to use a highway term, I want to know if I'm going north, south, east, or west. All right, but not much more. Other than that, give me 16 lanes and let me swerve. But it's not because it even get off the feeder, get off yeah. the road. It's fine because you're still headed the same direction. And as long as I look up and the compass is in that general direction, then great. But and it's true. And it doesn't define it down to being nothing. It still has a proverbial flag in the sand. It still has a sort of a finish line, but it's just kind of out there. And as long as we don't look up and go, oh, my gosh, I'm actually going the wrong way on the 24 mile bridge. <laughs> I, when did I turn around? Uh-oh. If it, as long as it's just in the general direction, then we can, then there's the play. Then there's the, then there's the, that's it. That's the ride. That's, that's the doing. That's when we're, that's when we're, we're hitting it. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Good Life Project is sponsored by Lumi. So listen, we have all had those awkward moments where a BO strikes at the worst possible time. I'm often actually out in nature when I'm exercising, so I don't even notice it when I'm out. And then I walk in the door, kind of start to wrinkle my nose, and then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's actually me. That is why I'm so thankful I discovered Lumi Whole Body Deodorant. This revolutionary product, it was actually invented by an OBGYN who wanted a solution for her patients struggling with private odor. But Lumi doesn't just work, quote, down there. It provides incredible 72-hour protection for your entire body using mandelic acid. I kid you not, this stuff is a game changer. Lumi is safe and effective for pits, for feet, you name it. And as someone who's tried it, I can attest that it seriously works. The fresh scents are just an added bonus. So if you're ready to say goodbye to BO for good, try Lumi's starter pack. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash, and deodorant wipes and free shipping as a special offer for our listeners new customers get five dollars off a lumi starter pack with the code goodlife at lumideodorant.com don't miss your chance to experience the relief of true full body freshness that equates to over 40 percent off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com or just click the link in the show notes and use the code goodlife Good Life Project is sponsored by Quince. So my wife actually originally introduced me to Quince because she loves their clothing and I have been hooked ever since. I literally lived in their Mongolian cashmere ribbed beanie and pullover hoodie pretty much all winter. And as the weather warms up, I wanted more breathable summer pieces without overpaying. And Quince has just the super high quality items like linen shirts, performance polos, activewear at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the middleman to pass savings to customers. Actually just ordered a new European linen long sleeve button down shirt. Super excited to get that. And I'm always just so amazed at how they can keep their prices so affordable while the quality remains really high. So if you're looking to upgrade your wardrobe, I highly recommend you try Quince. Go to quince.com slash GLP for free shipping on your order and a 365 day return. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash GLP to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash GLP or just click the link in the show notes. Trust me, your wardrobe will thank you. It's interesting because there's this, uh, I think there's a tension between um, doing and accomplishing or being and accomplishing, right? And and that the uh, the vision gives the being a sense of purpose, even if you don't accomplish that thing. Um, I don't know if you, do you know um, a famous uh, a Tibetan Buddhist teacher, Chogyam Trumpa, is no longer with us. Um, and I'm going to butcher the the teaching, but he effectively said, the bad news is you're falling. Nothing to hold on to, nothing to grasp onto. The good news is there is no ground. Ah, cool. You know, and if we, but it's, and, and it, <laughs> if we can surrender to that. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yes. Thank you. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Between a laugh and a tear, right? There, no. there it is. There it is. Uh, yeah. Now, and how, how far forward, how far out there in the future do we need to project to, to realize that? I mean, you could say metaphorically, well, yeah, the falling means, yeah, we're on our way to death. It's all a fall from the day we're born. However many, how, how many, many 
minutes we're here and there is no bottom to hear that. And I go, if you're in any kind of believer of impermanence, well, even this check out from this life, that was, you didn't mean to hit bottom. <laughs> you still didn't hit the ground and keep going, you know? And then, and then in my mind now sitting there going, yeah. And how much is, you know, what, what chapter of my fall am I in right now in this life? Is this just an early, an early chapter in a long, long book? Or is it later in the chapter? Or is it the never ending book? Yeah. But I mean, imagine, imagine if you can, if you can wrap your head around that, what, what it gives you the ability to do is effectively reframe the fall as the rise. Reframing the fall as the right, 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 right. And it, and, it, and if, if, if you have trouble doing that, just instead of falling feet first, just turn yourself over into a, into a dive. Yeah. So it's just, you're looking at it upside down. I, I'm, I'm all for those kind of little tricks too. Engineering yeah. piece. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting, right? Because, um, yeah. you know, if you, one of the things I know that, you know, that you write about in your book, you know, like there's a moment where your dad tells you, and actually it sounds like there's a bunch of moments where your dad basically says, you know, well, don't half-ass it. You know, it happens yeah. when you tell your dad, I don't want to be a lawyer. I want to, you know, go to film school. And he's like, well, don't half-ass it. And it's kind of saying that it's kind of like if you're in, you're all in. And it seems like that is a broader philosophy that's really sort of like become a part of your life. Well, let's, 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 let's try and unpack, unpack this with me for yeah. a second. Um, even if times where we don't believe that or feel that, well, we're wrangling with that. Is there, what about the worth of just going, well, hang on a second. The alternative sucks. Again, just by, again, process of elimination. About it. We don't know exactly who we are. We don't have concept of that. And we're not in the right place. Well, I'm just saying, if we don't feel like the world is abundant, we don't feel like the future holds abundance. Well, what's the alternative? If I go, okay, the world, it's, it's all anarchy. It's all for naught. The world's scarce. I'm living in uncertainty. And I'm just going to say that's where I am. It's barren. It's all for naught. Oh man, I don't even want to start. I don't even know where to go with the next part of that story. I'm like, well, oh, uh, then what? And I feel like it's a cop out. Yeah. I mean, your world becomes safe yet small. And it's not even safe because what it becomes is safe from the perceived intrusions of the outside world, yeah. but you're completely subject to your own internal grasping spin mm -hmm. sorrow mm -hmm. grief because that entire time you're grieving the lack of access to everything that you have inadvertently excluded which is yeah. possibility love connection yeah. generosity adventure all these things in the name of safety yeah and safety is and to see that you know where you think safety might be the rise it's actually the inversion of the other it's actually the fall yeah yeah. Yeah. Um, I like, I like that. I, I like, I like that. I really like that, uh, that, that, that poem or that analogy of the fall. If you can grasp that, then that is the right. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it can be a lot to hold, to hold on to, but again, I mean, at the very least, I think we should go with the, just did, if you don't get it, it's just understand that the alternative has no ROI. <laughs> the, the, the alternatives, I don't know. The alternatives, no fun. 
Uh, we can go on and on about the alternative. It's just like, do we want to wallow in in that? I I, I talk about it in a try to talk about it in a practical way with the in the green light analogy of you know. Sometimes we'll catch a green light in life because, you know, we're coming upon the yellow light, the thing that, oh, this could be drama. This could be a crisis. But if we slow down for too long, we rubberneck, <laughs> you know, and our lane's now going, you know, 25 and a, and a, and a, and a 65 because we're looking at the, 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 the drama, the, tr- the perceived tragedy over there on the other uh, um, direction of traffic. All of a sudden, it can be, we'll find ourselves dwelling in a red light and making a mountain out of that proverbial molehill and making a real crisis out of maybe something that we should have seen the yellow and pressed on the gas and blown through it and said, no, I'm turning that yellow into a green because I'm not going to give that crisis credit because it doesn't deserve credit. That, 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 where, you know, and we love to seek on to that abundance, that which is short-term, again, ROI, with that abundance, which is we see, we see as abundance, that safety. What is it, how about the safety we all have going today and society has going today, the safety of going, well, if I can't raise me up and I can't do anything that I can feel good about myself for, I'm going to at least put you down. And by putting you down, I feel up. Like, well, that's short money. And we see that as abundance, but I would even argue that's not selfish at all or selfless. It's, it's uh, uh, self-destructive, but again, it's, it's, a, it's short-term things to get off to. And how we love, and you sports, excuse sports analogy, we love to applaud you missing the shot I feel better. Some people, I can feel better about you missing the shot than I can feel good about me making it. Now that's that math doesn't add up. Nah, that's not winning. No, that's just saying if you lose, well then it means I didn't lose, and it was somebody else who 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 failed. So. I didn't, I didn't gain, I didn't win, but if I see someone else fail, oh, okay, I feel better about myself. But yeah. it's such short term, it doesn't last. It's like oh, that, totally. that guy at the the guy at the party that hollers you around and tells the great joke on somebody at the party that you know he, he wouldn't tell if the person was there. And you laugh, because damn, it was a good joke. I'm like, this guy, that was, he was wrong time, that was really time. But then you walk away and you lost respect for him and you lost respect for yourself because you actually laughed. You go, oh, short money. He was the star of the moment, but I, I'll never trust that guy yeah. because he might be telling the same joke on me. And it's like you also, I think you inadvertently take from yourself this opportunity to feel what it feels like when you do the right thing, when you rise to your own best. It's like that analogy of, you know, hoping somebody else misses the shot, you know, so that you win. You know, it's a hollow win, even if like the score says you won because if you measure winning simply as like, what is the score at the end of the game? Okay. Right. But if you measure winning as, did I do what I showed up to do? Like, was I at my best regardless of what the score was? Did I, did I prepare as, right. as hard as I could and then show up and give everything that I could? And th- that person missing the shot or that person not being an equal partner actually doesn't right. allow you to do that. Right. 
So it actually like it harms you to a certain extent to wish that that I want to show up and I want everybody else to show up that they're absolute right. best. Right. Right. And then and then no matter what the score shows at the end of the day, I want to be like, you know, like you absolutely brought it. I absolutely brought it. This yes. was a good game. This was yes. a good day. You know, I always say in even developing characters and characters, obstacles and opposition and what is their resistance in scripts. And I use that quote, you know, it's not really a risk unless you can lose the fight. It's like Ali Frazier, man, you know, Ali Foreman. No, both are in, let's both be in our best shape. Let's both be peak performing and not have any buddy that, cheats from the outside not have any rule changes not have any goofy referee calls pure competition pure good confrontation and then let's at the end see where it ends up we don't like that we love to pick fights that were like well geez i mean it's 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 ollie versus the runt i mean yeah it's it's just, what's the eyes it's, it's not really yeah but look he's pounding him well yeah he could do that with it's his arm, his right arm behind his back. Yeah, but 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 I'm one again. We're like, well, you're not really picking fights. You're not that it really costs you. I had a great teacher, Penny Allen, who was always like, it's got to cost you. What's it cost you? Every decision or choice, or just got to make sure it costs you. And you're not going to get them all, but make sure what's the cost if you get it. I know for me, if I if I get something done, I. That's why I like to kind of when I can work for myself is go. Well, if I pull it off, I can look in the mirror and go, yep, you had a lot to do with that. And if I don't pull it off, I can look in the mirror and go, yep, you had a lot to do with that. But at least I know. <laughs> at least I at least at least I know it's the it's the it's the ones where I'm not sure. And I go, well, I'm not sure how it all happened or how we got here or how we won or how we lost. And there's it, but I got a black hole. You know, I got a blind spot about how that happened. That's not as much fun. I don't sleep as well that night, win or loss, because of the limbo and the and the and the and the the, the, the blind spot of, well, I don't understand how it happened though. Even on the failure side, I'd rather have a lot of times a failure with understanding why rather than a victory with not knowing how or why. Yeah. That makes sense. Not all the time. I'll take some of those ones where I'm like, Hey, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, <laughs> like it's good to have resistance, but not all day, every day. Right? <laughs> no. like, give me some no. easy wins here. Hey, Saturday, 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 yeah. Saturday and flip flops can right. be like, yes. Yeah. But, but the whole idea of stakes, right. I think is, yeah. um, is so fascinating to me because you know, like you take about the world that you inhabit, you know, for a lot of your, your work in life, which is it's a world of story, you know, and, and we, as the consumers of stories, we love, you know, the story exists between reality and expectation, right? We love to see the grappling. We love to see the, the protagonist right. and everybody in there having stakes. They, they've got to right. have skin in the game or we don't care. Uh, the best uh, stories are always where the stakes are high and we don't know how it's going to end. We yes. love consuming books and movies and TVs that let us sort of like step into that world. Right. But- when we're invited to be the protagonist in the story of our own lives yes and and we have to make the decision about like whether to you know like invest whether to have stakes we're terrified of that <laughs> yes yes well and 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 then we think we 
want, if we want to be the kings of our own castle or the author of our own book or the hero in our own journey, you just, you said it. If we think about what we love about art, we love to see the verb of the overcoming. It's no fun. It's done. It's boring. Jeez, the story's over. Once we get to the overcame, we just want to see the overcoming. And if we see life in ourselves in our own story, it's a constant state of trying to overcome. You never get to a spot where you go, ah, I had now, I overcame. It's always, again, back to the verb. It's it's the, the fall without the floor. It's constant trying to overcome. And if we can see that and not get frustrated and go, why haven't I landed yet? Oh, there's, like he said, there's no, there's no ground. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just go, well, that's, that, that's it. You just keep turning the page, keep writing the book, keep falling. And if you fall long enough, even if say, you know, for gravity's sake, yeah, you, I, 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 I say this, I, uh, um, I had this, I had this t-shirt I'd made that I love, I love making like, you probably see it from the bumper stickers in the book. And it was a, a stick figure walking on the, on a globe of the earth. And under it said, it's all downhill. And actually, it was like scientifically, it is all downhill. And, I, and I had, if you know, because the world's round. Another one I said, it's, it, it, it's, I said, if you're high enough, the sun's always shining. And everyone always comes to me. It's like, oh, that's that's a that's a that's a call out to weed. And I was like, no, it's actually scientific fact. Is if you're above the clouds, <laughs> the sun's always out. So anyway, it makes it's two ways of flipping a perceived fall into a rise. Or seeing or perceived scarcity, the abundance, which is actually, which is actually there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, it, it's interesting. You're, the framework that you have, you know, like red, yellow, green light. It's the core of your book. You know, it's it's about sort of like having all these moments and circumstances drop into your life, or sometimes you create them, and transforming something into something that it wasn't. It's an alchemical process. Mm. And I and I was thinking about those three different call them states, you know, like the red light state, the yellow light state, the green light state, because we inhabit each one of those, right? And, I, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, the aspiration is, is to turn it into a green light, whether it's a red or yellow, but I'm thinking to myself also, and I'm curious how you feel about this. There's something, there's, there's something in my head which is saying, but the most sacred state is not green, it's yellow. Mm. You know, because mm. that that is this the state of anticipation and possibility going both ways. Right, 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 right. You can slow down and stop, or you can run. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. That's the verb, actually. Interesting, because I've been talking about this over the last few weeks. I, I, you know, sort of some other new ideas start to crystallize. Um, and when I'm talking about green lights, it's like. One thing is that, well, look, if they're all green, then we're just flying down a highway. We're going to run out of gas and we're going in circles. There's no, there's no evolution. I was raised by my mom to see life as one big green light. I mean, resilience. You fall down, you hit the yellow, the red, get up, dust yourself off. You run on that track, you step in the pothole, you get up and dust yourself off. You come around. But then what I noticed in my early... 20s in that year in Australia was like, well, wait a minute. I love that mom's put that in me and she's 88 and still practicing. So God bless her. She ain't changed. She's got it licked. But I'm like, okay, resilience has been such a great value for me that's gotten me 
so much. And I think we could all have more of it because our bodies, our minds, our souls are much more, I think, resilient than we give them credit for. Um, but I noticed if you get up and dust, if you step in the pothole in life and you get up and dust yourself off so quickly and move on, you become a repeat offender. Meaning you step in that damn pothole every single time and you need to stop and go, well, I've done that. I did that twice in a row or three times or four times or 6,000 times in a row. Maybe instead of dusting myself off, I need to stop, get up, clean up, look back at that pothole, walk back. I know the other racers and the runners in the race are passing me up now for the first time, but let's go back and have a look. Where's that pothole? Turn the thing. It's a blind spot. Try, okay. Have a look. Do a little, create a yellow light to go, let me have a pause. And all of a sudden, next time around, you get to that point. Oh, here comes the pothole. I'm going to sidestep it and step around it, take another path, et cetera, et cetera. And there's some evolution. It's, it's, it's also... What kind of green lights are we, are, are, are we talking about? Well, for, there are battery-powered green lights. We were talking about them earlier. Fame is a fleeting battery-powered green light. It's there and it shines bright, but it's going to go dim. But what are the solar-powered green lights? The ones that are going to shine on further into that long view, all the way to the future, and are shining back or up and down on us and will continue to shine after we leave this life. And boy, can those be the ones that we seek? And in seeking those, you're you're right. You're see, you find the yellows and even a red, but you hopefully it's in that in that yellow light that you that you come across that you create for yourself at the right time, um, and or create that red light when sometimes you got to go. I need a full stop, man. I got to I got to completely recalibrate here. But even making that choice, everything I'm talking about is the yellow light is in the yellow light. Right. Yeah. There's, there's the, there's the option. There's the, there's the audible. There's the, at every moment, got another decision. Yeah. I mean, and that's why in my mind, I was like, this is the sacred state. Right. Right. You know, it's like we aspire to the enlightened state, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, like in the enlightened state, it's like, Oh, I'm done. I've made it. It's like, no, you know, like get up in the morning, chop wood, carry water. You know, it's like the yellow state. I mean, in my mind, when you vanish, you know, like when you pack a bag and you go out to the desert, you know, like you're, you're, you're stepping into the yellow zone. You're stepping right. into this sacred place where you don't know if you're going to succeed or not, but the ingredients for a soup, you know, that could taste awful or it could taste awesome are in the pack with you. And you're yeah, willfully yeah, 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 saying, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go there and see what happens. Yeah. And that's where the magic is. I think. Yeah. They're back to what you said earlier. The value of a vision is that it gives direction. You know, you just that you pack the stuff up. So many times, you know, it's a, it's a simple metaphor, but I, st- but, but I still like it. It's like, what's the hardest part about working out? Putting your shoes on, tying them. <laughs> How many times just about getting out of the door? I was, I was, I was afraid to go see what was in that treasure chest of journals. And then all of a sudden, once I said yes, and my wife gave me, you know, kicking the backside, packed them up, put them in the car, got my water, my bourbon and my beef and headed out before I was out of the driveway. I was like, oh yeah, fuck. That was all, that's all it was. You just had to pack it in. You just had to pack up the car and put in and, and, and shut the door and pull out of the driveway. Oh. It was, it was party time in. 
you know, it was fun. It was exciting. And because uh, I had what I was going away to go be packed. I didn't know what it was going to be, you know, but yet you're right. Just see, pack up the backpack and whatever it is and head out and go find out. And yet that is that is yellow. And in that yellow, in that proverbial yellow, constant yellow, therein lies a green light. Yeah. Yeah. In a really past life, I was uh, back in, in the city. I was a, was a personal trainer and I used to meet my clients very often. And we'd work out outside in Central Park in New York. And I used to meet this one guy like three, four times a week at 6 a.m. to run. Now, you can't see the rest of my body. I am not a runner. Okay. <laughs> but I did it because, you know, like that, that, that was my job. And this is going on for a couple of months. And one day he shows up at six in the morning. Uh, my body hurts. It's dreary. And he jogs up. And he starts cracking up. And I'm like, what's going on, man? And he's like, dude, you can go home right now. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, the, the only reason I pay you is because I know that if I'm paying you, I'm going to like wake up at 535, get my shoes on, be miserable, put a t-shirt on and go meet you because you know, like you're there for me. Right. But once I'm here, I don't need you to go around the loop. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Just meet me here tomorrow morning. Just make sure hey. you're here when I show up. Because if I show up for you, I'm good. Yeah. All uh, oh, right. Oh, my. Oh. Mm. How many of those? How much of, of life is that right there? I don't want to do it. But I know after I do. I'll be really happy I did. How much of that? Of just overcoming that little resistance. No, get out the door. No, go do it. Go lend that hand. Go spend that time with your kid. No, take off time. Go to go have that sit down with your wife because you've been so busy and it's been three days in a row that at 10 p.m. you're kind of checking in with each other for the first time. Yeah. Go take that time for yourself. You know? No, no, I'll be fine. No, I'll be fine. No, go, go. Take take a mosey, buddy. I mean, take a little, little little quiet time. Listen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com I think uh, that is sometimes the power of habit and ritual is um, it, it just there you do a certain, it's kind of interesting because right, a lot of what we've been talking about is being really intentional about the things that we do and be present in the things that we do. But then those moments like that, that we were just talking about, that's, I think a lot of times where we're, where habit comes in, where we actually, the, the, the behavior that allows us to step into actions that we perceive as being unpleasant, even though we know they're going to make us feel better after yeah. we do them. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just those neural grooves. It's the repetition of showing up, showing up, showing up, showing up. Yeah. So it no longer becomes a conscious thought process. Yeah. It just happens. Um, yeah. And uh, so it, I, I mean, I'm fascinated by the question of, you know, like where is the line in life? You know, like what do we do? What does it make sense to put into the habit folder where it just becomes unconscious yeah. And what is it? What does it make sense to put into the intentional? Be fully present and let it unfold, however it is. And then I think there's a third bucket, right? Also, mm-hmm. which is ritual, which is the things we do every day or every Friday night or every, you know, right. for you. I know you have a gratitude practice before you eat meals. You know, where yeah. it's like you want the behavior to happen habitually, but you want the experience of it to be intentional. Yeah. Would you say the habits? come first and they create the intentionality and the intentionality create it, it creates the ritual. I mean, rituals are intentional. I know there's rituals I have that I'm very intentional about because that two prayers before a prayer before lunch and, a, and the gratitude before lunch and gratitude before dinner, it, it brings our family together. It's, it's, it's sharing a personal, each one of us go around the horn and say one thing. And it kind of brings us together. It, 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 a scattered day becomes less scattered for everybody. Uh, the communion. I, I can be working very self-involved and I can sit down here. My child say something they're thankful for about that day. And I, I listen to it, see it from their point of view. So I'm becoming more aware of the world around me and not just through my own prism, which I know is good for me. It selfishly even feels good. And it relaxes me and the work I go back and do after that, because I thought of the world through my son's eyes, because of what he said at gratitude at lunch, I'm having a better conversation with you here, so to speak, or I'm seeing my work a little bit more creative with it. Uh, do you think there's a, are all three of those buckets dancing together do you think or do you think there's a it goes in a, in a, in a version of habit intention ritual yeah i think it actually goes 
It's a really interesting question, right? My immediate, my gut level response is it may be the opposite, actually. It starts with intention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you make a choice. Well, well then you, you have to split out the behavioral pattern and then the actual behavior. So the behavioral container is the habit. You know, it's like the thing that I right. want to happen over and over, but then the actual behavior, do I want to, you know, like if I have to... In, ritualistically drive everywhere I go, I'm going to be exhausted every time I get out of the car. You know, I kind of want that to be fairly habitual. If I'm going back and forth, Uh, if I'm making uh, the same commute every day for years, you know, um, your brain isn't all that conscious in it. And that's a good thing because it gets hyper efficient when you go into habit mode and it gives you the bandwidth, the juice to really give it to the stuff that matters, the ritual. And then the, the novel stuff, which doesn't happen on a repeated basis. Um, but I think in the beginning, it's all about intention. It's like, intention, what am I intention. going to choose? Because I have to choose. I have to discern yeah. what bucket I want to put different things into. Right. And then what you know, the third bucket is just neither of the two, but just I just want to be present in whatever novel things happen in my life. I mean, does that land with you? Right. Curious. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm I'm per- completely purchased that. Yeah, I'm with you on intention first, because even the intention to form good habits and become a slave to good habits is an intentional choice. Um, what about, you know, yeah, that hour commute, it's just, it's just what I got to do. But instead of going, no, what if it's more than just what I got to do? Well, what did I always do? You know, or I've had times in life where I'm like, no, actually I love, I'm going to make that hour really work for me. Cause I'm going to get some work done. Or other times I've been like, no, I'm actually not getting any work done. I'm going to, listen to some great music, man, music. I don't have it enough in my life now. I really want to get back to some great album or no, I've been listening to way too much music. I'm going to listen to an audio book or something that's going to inspire me or feed me. It's going to be a bit of meditation uh, on the drive to and from. Um, And I've had, you know, we do that. All of a sudden we look forward to that drive and that drive has real intention. And it's not just ho hum, damn it! I got that hour and a half to hour drive every day. We make it. Can we make it really useful to feed us? Yeah. No, I lo- I love that, and and I think let's riff on the um the exercise example that we were talk- both talking about in different ways earlier. Also, like most people, the example like uh, uh you know I, I say I, I run five miles you know like three days a week right, and I I don't do it because I love running. I do it because I just you know I know it's good for me and it does all the yada yada, right. And that repetition for most people, the behavioral container for it, like I get my shoes on, I show up, I do it. It just it becomes automatic. But then the actual, you know, 50 minutes running, most people spin out into all sorts of different things where they listen to the audiobook, they listen to their songs to distract them from how monotonous and repetitive the actual behavior is. We see this in gyms all the time, right? Like what was the first thing that happened when gyms start to try and optimize revenue per square foot and they put in tons of treadmills and all sorts of other stuff? It's so monotonous and maniacal that the next biggest investment is, you know, devices to distract you from that, you know, but what, an, <laughs> but like, here's an interesting challenge, right? Like, what could you do with nothing outside of yourself to turn that exact same behavior or experience into something where you're hyper present and it's nourishing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know people that run and they focus pretty intensively on their breath and on their steps 
and on the world around them. So instead of drifting off or someplace, or instead of listening yeah. with earbuds in, they never run with music. They never run with anything. They want to be utterly present in the breath and the step and the moment that they're in as they're out mm. running and they love it, you know, but that is a practice. It doesn't come naturally yeah. for most people. No, 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 no. And I do know some of those people you're talking about and that rhythm of their breath and their steps become their music. That becomes their metronome. That becomes their, their click track. And how does it speed up when you hit the hill? And how does it slow down when you go down the hill? Where is it from the beginning when you set the baseline to where you get back five miles later? How much has your heart rate gone up and the BPMs have sped up in your tune? Um, I've, I've had practice of that. Um, I didn't stick to them for too long. <laughs> um, I went over and, getting, getting, and placated myself with some tunage or, 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 you know, or some sports game I wanted to hear in the background. All of a sudden, kind of enjoyed the fact that that hour was over a little quicker than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. I mean, look, that baseline in a, in a way, how much have we all conscious or not conscious been stripped back to our own facilities through this seven months of COVID? How much do we even know? Have, has, has it gone on long enough for us to continue whatever healthy practice we've been forced to find or new habits we've been forced, maybe without intention, just been forced to because winter was thrown on us. We didn't seek it. <laughs> and it came in May. You know, how much of that will we take forward as people? When we engage, when we are told consensusly we can go engage it, or do we snap right back to how we were and go up? Whew, glad that was done. Little blip. Because we have been forced to do inventory, whether we realize it or not, I think. Everybody. And that's a good thing. But will we, I'm curious, will we evolve out of this? Has this time been, been a yellow light or a red light in our, in, our, in our yellow light of choice where our floor was moved, like really moved, not just shaken, moved enough or collectively we all get a lesson from this? Yeah. It's like, is, is it an, an act of reversion or progress, right? It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier when you were talking about resilience, you know, it's, it can be a bit of a double-edged sword, you know, are you yeah. reverting, you know, are you resilient because it allows you to revert back to the way things were and get back to normal yeah. or does yeah. the resilience move you forward into a new reality that you create that is better, maybe not just for you, but for society at large? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it is gonna. I have the same question. I think a lot of people do right now, and I, and I know what I hope for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? I, I it's it's the other question is is and it, it's you'll know what I'm talking about, but and I don't mean because it's the this thing is time has been tragic for many um, and awkward at least for all, but is it? 
has it gone on long enough for us to learn? As you know, as the sabbatical, the penance, the walkabout, the the forced, uh, uh, the, the stripping of certain down to certain necessities, the lack of all the options and all the frequencies that we could go engage with. Have, have we gone without the right things for long enough to actually go? No, I'm, I've, ch- I've changed. There's I, my, my value system has changed. My ladder has been reproportioned about what where my values are. And it can come back to the light of day and everyone can say we can go out and dance again. But I'm a different person. I see the world differently. Uh, I think that's going to be select. I don't I don't think we're going to do that as an overall collective. I think that's a sort of a utopian sort of pipe dream. Yeah. Um, but I think it comes back to stakes. What we were talking about earlier, you know, so as, yeah. as a New Yorker, yeah. we got hit so hard and so early. Yeah. There's nobody that I know like in New York that either wasn't sick, knew a lot of people who were sick and didn't lose somebody pretty quickly. Um, right. So the stakes for us, like we were touched um, in a way that now a lot of the rest of the country is getting touched. Um, in, in, and I agree, there's, it's really weird, right, for you to be saying, well, has it gone on long enough? And at the same time, I understand what you're saying in that if we are looking for you know, a society scale effect that leads to an evolutionary impact that's constructive and good and compassionate for everybody, you know, like human nature is really weird in that it rarely ever changes yeah. without us being brought in some way, shape or form to our knees. Um, I wish it was otherwise. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, we're, we're pretty, we're pretty thick, thick headed <laughs> in that way. Aren't I'm, like, I'm, I'm raising my hand, right? I'm not exempt from any of this. <laughs> oh, but I'm guilty right, too, right, man. Right. I mean, you know, has it become personal? It's got to become personal. And I don't know, you know, has it become personal enough for me? Look, I sit here in a privileged position. You know, my pantry's full. I was able to get my mom. She's been with us for, she's 88, been with us for seven months. We're kind of living in a place where the hibernation is pretty doggone luxurious. I'm able to communicate with the world, do my work, pay the rent through things I'm doing remotely. I understand I'm sitting in a privileged position. Has it, you know, become personal enough for me? I don't know. I could say, yeah, I'm going to put my hand up too and go, oh, that's kind of really up to me. I'll see. We'll see. You know, um, you think, I don't know. I mean, I always thought like, like ISIS. I was like, ah, 9-11, that's going to do it. That's going to be what's going to bring us all together. We finally got somebody like, you know, the first thing since Hitler that we could all agree on, bad guy. Yes, this is going to be, inversely good for our society. It didn't really. We had some parades. We had some overall, you know, as an entire country. And even outside of those walls, as, as, as nations, we, we didn't really, I don't know, I haven't seen it that we really came together and made some evolutionary change. Um, as an overall, I'm talking about as a, as a collective. Obviously, you know, it means something even different to you. It's more personal to you being there in New York and to New Yorkers being there in New York. It means it's more personal. But how personal was it to us? I thought it was going to be, I thought it was something that was going to be so personal to all Americans that we were really going to 
quit looking at the mendacities of certain things where we're not compassionate and that we measure other people. And it wasn't going to matter what sex you were, what race you were, whatever. Hey, we're in this together. We got to, we've got to, we've got to band together here and, and make sure we, you know, handle ourselves more than rebuild, but evolve. Didn't completely happen. I would argue. I thought COVID was, then I COVID came. I was like, ah, there's another secret weapon, you know, in a invisible enemy who wants hand-to-hand combat to win. Oh, this is a different kind of thing. Cool. I know for, I remember first going, Ooh, that sort of Americans like get out and meet them at the gate. Oh, no, no. How do we change that? No, no, not this one. No, no, no. You know, wear, wear a mask. Actually this one, you, your biggest, your, your biggest sword and shield in this battle is actually to go home or stay in or to wear a mask where that is the shield. And that hasn't worked on a consensus level. Um, and then the fact that it was all in this election year where, you know, different stations were making their own, had different, you know, different, they had a different tally sheet for what, for who, who, what we were losing and who, how many people we were losing for what uh, the body count was, was tallied up on two different, two different uh, uh, scorecards leading to, well, where we, where we believe we are now, you know, and how much do we go? Let's dive into this. How, uh, cause I believe that it, it has to be personal. Yeah, I do too. I mean, that it has to be. I, I would love to believe otherwise. Like I'd love to believe you read a book or you see a documentary and you're like, that's it. And I think for the rare person that does serve as a catalyst. That rare person, though, wouldn't you say has the intention. There, right. There's some there's into, intellectually to say, I'm going to make this habit, though, because we intellectually love to say all for one, one for all. But until it gets on my property, until it gets in your house or in your neighborhood, do we really go? Do we really stand up and go? I'm taking the front line. Yeah, I think it's a rare person who does. Um, and I, I have I have thought about, and I've had I have talked to some of the smartest people in religion, in science, and philosophy for a lot of years. And that's part of what this entire you know Good Life Project is about. And one of the big questions I've always asked, in, in some way, shape, or form, is how do we awaken? you know, to some sort of constructive change that is not just cognitive, that's not just from the neck up, but, you know, is felt in the heart and then manifested in behavior. And um, without, you know, desire, aspiration, evidence, sure, it all helps. But until we actually feel the weight of it on a personal level, it's the rare person from what I have seen who is able to create a pretty substantial change in the way they interact with the world, the way they carry themselves in their lives, and then sustain that change. You brought up 9-11. New Yorker, what I can tell you is in the three, four, five, six months immediately after that, New York was a profoundly different place. You would walk down the street, people would look you in the eye, which is against the rules in New York. They would acknowledge (laughs) your existence. They would say hello they would ask how you're doing, you know, total strangers, and everyone wanted to know, how can I help? How can I be of service? So even when we feel it so viscerally, there's a time effect. You know, the further we are from the experience of the immediate pain, the less likely the behavior is to last. So I almost think that there's a window. I'm curious how you feel about this. 
there's this window for us to turn the behavior change into ritual and then into habit. And if we don't do it, by the time that the pain gets far enough away, then the behavior just vanishes. I mean, what do you think of that? Well, I hear you. I, I, I hear you. Uh, that little, those windows of opportunities, they do open up. And when you go, I think that's a window of opportunity. If you go further than that without taking action and you go, I think that's a window of opportunity. I think I'm up. It's usually too late. If you see it, you feel it, it's true. Hit it. And I, you know, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot with where we are, where, where we are now as, as, as a country. I was, I was writing the other day, look, I think we just need to right now stabilize. Are we ready? But is that, is, am, am, I, am I wrong? Am I like, no, you don't stabilize right now. That's, that's too passive. Actually take advantage of the confusion and the anarchy and the, and, and, and the anger and the confusion and the disruption that we're in. Take advantage and show a new way now, not catch your breath. I do think there's great value in us right now catching our breath because people are tethered and on extreme sides of things. But it's a good question. Is it, am, am I being, am I being, is that a foolish thought that no, actually that would be half-assing it to say, yeah, let's just stabilize right now. Actually, no, now's the time where people are looking for direction and a change more and a, a an affirmative forward-moving action for with which to choose anew and move forward. Yeah, I mean, we are, the entire world is in, you know, is in a, a yellow light. <laughs> You know, yeah. and the question is like, what is the path to green? You know, like is stabilizing actually going back to red or is it actually you yeah, know, right. headed towards green? Um, it's really, it's, yeah. And, and there's no, you know, it's easy to sort of like take a binary thought process here. And, but, you know, we're both old enough to know and lived enough a life to know that, you know, life doesn't work that way. It's all gray. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're cor- correct in, in, in at least many ways. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you go, you know, because I, there's that old, there's also value to that. I think it's, was it a, is it a Pearl Jam line or something? I don't know. I may botch who said it, but you know, you change, I change by staying the same. You know what I mean? I mean, I, the hands of time and, and fads come in and social movements come in and they swing this way and that, the other. And if you're in a, if you're in a pocket and you're in a, in a pretty solid place, even personally, you become a very dynamic person in different ways, even though you were pretty much kind of sticking to the same thing because ears changed, eyes changed. What was the lighting changed? Uh, uh, the time of day, our, our social movements changed, which it was, which they do, the seasons come and go. And there's something to, you know, some sort of consistency that you go, oh, actually that will reveal itself to be a, a, a very dynamic, different and, 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 and affirmative and healthy way forward. And you're like, oh, yeah, I was doing that, you know, 20 years ago as well. It's just brand new now. I mean, look, I, I, I you know, to give it a, a concrete example in my own life, you know, I go, 
win an Oscar for Best Actor. Now, all of a sudden, after that happened, I would say stuff and it would be in bold print. And it was novel. Oh my gosh, that's so great. Listen to this, ta-da. And I'm over here snickering going, I said that eight years ago. <laughs> and it was on page 14, but I see it. You know, I, <laughs> and it's, I'm not sure how that applies to what we're talking about. I just wanted to bring up that aside. I mean, how much, you know, is there worth in that? I, I, do, I do think that we have as a total and as individuals, realign our value system. I, I do think that we have to, we, 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 we have to take out of this or need to take out of this. The answer to that personal question of I value what? And they, look, you just, we, we've been, we've been massaging this, the entire conversation of that long view yeah. to live a certain way without the desire, without the result. When how do you, when you said without the payback, without the candy at the end, but there is candy at the end. That's the, I think that's the thing. Like, what was it that made New York after six months where they said, ah, look at this relationship I have. It's more personal. I'm more of a community. I bet crime, I don't know, did crime go down? I mean, probably a lot of positive things came out of that. But then when did it revert? Again, away from the initial injury. What is it about us that goes, well, that look, we prove it again, that fear will absolutely cannibalize compassion and love almost every time in our in our human mammalian minds. It works for any political campaign. It's worked, always worked. Where do we go? No, the affirmative actually has teeth. The healthy, true has teeth. Because it does. But what is it that we don't, again, it's back to that, I don't know what I am, but I'm going to feel better about myself if I put you down. Yep. It goes back to that way. Just go to the fear thing. Go to the, well, I don't know. Let me just let me just look at something ugly and shine a light on that. And then that makes me feel more clean or more pretty. It, what is it, you know, that, that we can say more of us? Again, I think it's individual. I think it starts in the mirror. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I think it does, you know, and we've got a window, you know, where the stakes are high. We are disrupted. We're personally affected. And then that opens the window, but the window closes, you know, it may be a day. It may be a month. It may be a year, but it's, it's like from the moment that it's open Every subsequent moment is a process of closing unless we apply effort to keep it open. And like yeah. while it's still open, build the structures for sustained change. Yeah. You know, and and yeah. and part of that, I think both individually and, be, and, you know, like large scale is, you know, we love a common enemy, but um, we do ourselves and we do society so wrong when we make that common enemy our fellow human beings. And I think that's the place that we're in right now, rather than saying we, yeah, you know, like yeah. there, there is something that needs to change. There's a source of pain, um, but it's not my neighbor, <laughs> you know? Right. And that, I think that's where right. we go sideways, but there is this window, you know? And I think we're all, we're in it right now, you know, and trying to wonder. And I think, um, you know, the window for me is always like, what needs to happen for one person to see another person's humanity? Because I think if we yes. if we can do that, 
you know, every, everything changes, you know? And so well, how, how much does forgiveness have to do with that? And I, and, and, and I, and that word just comes to mind because it goes again back. It's not just about forgiving somebody else, yeah. it's about forgiving ourselves. I mean, how much do we, how much do I not like you because I see a, my, a part of myself in you that I don't like? Always. It's a part of it. Always. You know, um, so how's forgiveness seen as something that's not regressive again? Oh, that's New Testament. Uh, 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 we're going to brimstone this situation. Whoa, how's that? How can that seem an ag- like an aggressive? Because I do think these things have to but the spirituality needs. We got to put the science behind it. You know, because or if we don't, we're lo- we're never going to get 50 percent of us. Right. We got we got to put the nuts and bolts. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. We got to see the proverbial cash money from the doing, being our better selves, being our truer selves, being our more compassionate selves, you know, whatever, whatever, that, whatever those things we can fit in that umbrella that we can all go. Yeah. I mean, I'm for that. Now show me how I'm getting paid back. Yeah. Show me how, show me how it's paying my rent. Show me how it's helping me sleep better. Show me how it's improving my relationship. Show me how it's improving me and I'm enjoying my own company more. But also, 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 I need to pay my rent now. Can I pay my rent? Can I have a nonprofit idea for profit? I'm in, but it, but it needs to be for profit. You know, it, it, where, can, where can those two, can we understand that those, or, or make, or like you said, build a system that that's what it pays. That's what it values. That's what society rewards. Cause I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not up right now in my life. I'm not up for under, I don't even, I cannot, I'm having trouble fathoming the fight of taking it out of a capitalist sort of. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get it. And, and I'm, I'm there with you. Yeah, there are utopian philosophical conversations. And then there's like, okay, but we're waking up in this place right now. You know, yeah. like, what do we do that's yeah. practical and workable? And it's like, where's the sweet spot between those two, right? You know, yeah. cause you yeah. gotta go into the philosophical side. You know, but at the same time, you got to wake up in the morning and be like, oh, well, that's the intention. Right. I got food to put on the table and I have rent to pay and I got people waiting on me and I'm scared, you know, yeah. and you got to deal with that. And, and and I think that's where that's where the work is. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's where we got to go from yellow to green. And sometimes it sometimes is more linear and, and more easy to figure out. Um, and then sometimes it is at scale. And the decision has to be made collectively. Like you said, it starts individually, but then, you know, the adoption has to scale um, for something to really happen in a major way. And and I keep going back to, um, you know, it's one of the things I do, you know, like, do I, you know, do I help here? Do I make introductions? Do I donate money? Do I like raise my voice? Yes. And at the same time, do part of what I'm trying to do and it's interesting to me because it, it seems like part of the choices that you have made, especially in this sort of like later season of your career, have been to tell the stories that allow us to see our shared humanity and people who don't seem to be like us in ways right. who we don't bump into and 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 allow them to see, oh, there but for God's grace go I, whether you're religious or not. Right. You know, and I think if that switch gets flipped, so many other dominoes tumble after that. And like you said, that probably needs to happen just on a one by one basis and hope that, you know, there's a ripple effect. Um, so I, I, my head is constantly going to, how can I play a role 
in telling those stories where I'm not beating somebody over the head and saying, listen to me, like see somebody else's humanity. I'm simply, I'm sharing a story where if somebody sees it, it is impossible not to understand that we are in this together. Well, we could, if we could get a true measurement, a reciprocity measurement for how we get a like response from the soul that we give out. That's true. That ha- that that happens. Sometimes, I mean, it's happened in good ways for me out of pure ignorance. Jeez, I got a, I got great responses from things because I didn't know better. You know, where I look back, I'm like going, geez, you could have been killed in that position. What were you doing there? Well, I went into it with child's eyes and I got uh, a wonderful response back where if I'd have known the laws, rules, regulations or wisdom that I have now, I'd been like, I wouldn't get within a mile from that place in that time. But how can we intentionally understand? How can we have the intention of going, no, no, if I put this out, it comes back. But it's tangible. It's got again, it's got to be tangible. My my hunch is that if we individually can say, all right, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna look in the mirror and say, how can I be a little bit better today? Maybe it's, that's a little more fair. Maybe that's a little more responsible. Maybe that's having a better sense of humor. Maybe that's spending a little more time with ourselves, our children, being a better father, whatever that is, a little bit better. Not going to be our best. Let's make sure we get, all understand this. There's no best. We're not getting there. So let's take the pressure off everybody. Or I'm going to forgive this person. Or I'm going to forgive myself for this thing. I'm going to do a little bit better. If enough of us do that, that is inherently becomes the collective change. And it actually doesn't ripple down. It actually envelops. And you look around and you go, oh, yeah, everybody's doing it. You know, and all of a sudden you go, how do we make a change? It didn't make it through a policy. We didn't legislate the doggone thing. We showed people that you can not. And I'm not We're talking about living longer. We showed people you can live, you know, a more joyful existence and also succeed in life by valuing these things that we can all agree on. I see, I can't see you unless you see me. You can't see me unless I see you. But what we give out, it, it, it does, it does usually come back and everyone's got it in them. We're not uncovering. It's not about uncovering something that people are going to go, what are they talking about? What side of me am I talking? No, everyone's got it. And I don't think it's not rocket science. I think it's stuff our, our mama's trying to teach us that we've, I don't know, grown out of and the, the, the weeds have grown over that proverbial diamond in us. Um, but we got we to we tend our garden again and ask ourselves that question. You know, we all want to be, again, on the capital side, we all want to be relevant. We want to be... Yeah, and significant, you know, which, which I think is different. Yeah. Well, and I'll even go towards, I'm trying to lean into that these things that 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 are the candy that we reach to, like to try and yeah. say, well, here's how relevant or here's how fame is great. Yes, it's okay to want that. I'm not saying don't want that. But for at what expense? Make sure first we go, well, not at the expense of this part, who I am. Well, great. Let's eliminate the what 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 why we what we're not gonna do to get get it. And it's okay to have that. But you know, right, we're we're in a time where Major distrust, especially by the youth. Anybody can be an expert if they just say they are. Oh, yeah, do. 
hell, I'm going to listen to you and go in there and tell my family at lunch, this is the latest news. And John, your name's John Doe and you just made it up. It had a really cool title. It made it sound really in a good font and it looked really professional. And hell, I'm not sure where else I'm getting my news from. So this guy, you know, with news beat of the world, facts on check 24-7. I was like, geez, I'm listening to this guy. <laughs> he just typed that up this morning and he's actually playing a ruse. I, you know, where do we... Uh, uh, um, And also this, are we in a spot where we're getting so strained into our individual spots and our little, our little, little tribes that we're not actually sure what we're about, but we just know we don't like what they're about. Are we in a spot where, because I'm seeing, I've got, I've heard some people come to me that are having buyer's remorse on this extreme individual movement that they're going, I went, I needed purpose. I needed identity. I ran to this group. And now that I'm hanging out with them, I'm actually saying these are not the kind of people that I want to be hanging out with. I ran too far and I'm seeing some buyer's remorse. So is that place in the proverbial middle of come on over here, come on over here, let's meet, look at each other. Is that a place where we were going to go maybe aggressively? No, that's an aggressive place to go. That's a proactive, that's an I dare you place to go. Whereas before I thought it was like the wussy place to go. But now I'm like, Actually, that looks pretty badass. <laughs> you got to be a badass to be there. Because because there's not many people there. Maybe that's it. Because it's it's not popular. <laughs> you know, so it's actually a rebellious move. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something to that. And I also, it goes all the way back to, you know, we're kind of coming full circle here, right? You know, the beginning of our conversation about nature and solitude and touching stone and and there's a mythology behind that. Well, there's a definite effect, which is positive in a lot of ways. There's also like, there's a, a literary mythology, Thoreau's, like, like I went to the woods, right? There is this intense ethos of self-reliance and, and independence, which on the one hand is really good, right? Because it, 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 gives, it, it gives us a stance of self-efficacy and responsibility. Yep. But on the other hand, taken to the absolute extreme also potentially alienates us from a greater sense of responsibility from like what so many people would define as character, you know, to the greater collective, to the whole, you know, so there's like this, there's a sweet spot that I, I think, or there's this, there's this duality where we want to cultivate the skills and the practices and the capacity for self-reliance and responsibility and, and take responsibility for ourselves and, and make something, create something, contribute something. And yet, and yet like there's no human being that can exist in isolation for any longer than a heartbeat without crippling themselves and crippling society and eventually crippling the world. And I think we're grappling with a culture that is sort of like those those tensions are coming to a head yeah. right now. Well, I think we could all use uh, a, little more, a little more self-reliance, which gives us courage to go. I'm going to engage. I see the collective. I think, I think, I think true part, the true part of understanding or true self-reliance is not, unless you want to become a hermit or a monk. I mean, where most of us aren't, but is that you, you then go, Oh, I'm courageous enough to see myself. And I'm courageous enough to be constructive with my 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 fellow man and woman. Yeah, I I wonder though whether part of self reliance is not just it is almost the delusional belief that um, 
it's about the ability of not just cultivating the skills to take care of myself, um, but also then that removes me from the need to contribute uh, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. to others. Okay. You know, right. and, and I think, I don't think that is assumed in all the early writings and all the thinking about several lines, but I feel like on society writ large, somehow that's kind of gotten lost along the way. You know, it's like, yeah. I think about the yeah. family you grew up in, right? You write about this so eloquently, you know, there's a fierce sense of self-reliance in your family. And yet you are devout to, you know, like your mom, your dad, your brothers, mm-hmm. so like there was nothing that you, any of you wouldn't do for each other. Right. Yeah, that doesn't mean that you don't have this capacity for self-reliance, but it means that you also right. understand that it exists within this larger context of mm-hmm. um, of contribution and and love and um, elevating, you know, not just your own existence but others. Yeah, I mean, and look, and 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 you know, in trying to put teeth on these empathetic terms and things that we all know are good but can feel like oh i, I don't get the tactile of that of love and compassion and loyalty or whatever 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 forgiveness you know these new testimonies these new testaments it's just um my you know i grew up where i mean you read you read the book my love in our house was furthest from passive as it could be it was downright bloody at times it was hardcore it broke down walls it defended you know places coordinates on the earth that could not be that that were unpenetrable you know by anything or any nc at any time um but the love had teeth i mean and just like the truth i mean i think this all of this ha- if we can put the if, if we can put the edge if people can understand the edge and the teeth that these things can have. So they're seen as more tactile. They're seen from the more callous, the more cal- our more callous selves as, oh, that's a weapon. Badass. Oh, oh, that's still rock and roll. That's not a symphony. I'm not going over there to the orchestra. Now this is rock. I think if it could be put it there, people can digest it that way and understand that it has chutzpah to it. It's got fangs and it does. Maybe, you know, I think that would help that maybe we can more of us understand that, that it's an aggressive move. I guess what I'm saying, if there's a better word, you know, that, that love and fairness and and, and taking care of yourself and looking out for each other, that's aggressive. There's the badass, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's love is not a stance, you know, it is, it is motion. Right. You know, and and like you said, it's got teeth sometimes <laughs> and yeah. it's got arms that wrap around you sometimes. You know? Yep. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. Feels like a good place for us to come full circle also, man. So uh, hanging out here in this uh, container of Good Life Project, if I offer up this one phrase to live a good life, what comes up? Well, I'm going to repeat what, 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 what the one you, one you said that I'm really digging right now. True value of a vision that it gives direction. Um, look, to piggyback on a real simple one that we just talked about, love and how it can have teeth. Times, man, when we're lost and wondering, and times like we're in right now, and it's hard to have hope. You know, I'm reminded of my mom, you have children, and people give you a lot of books. 
had to raise children. And I remember going, this, this feels like, 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 I don't like that. I didn't, we, did we ask for books, Camilla? Because, man, people are offing up a lot of books. Like going, you got to read this one. And I remember being like, hang on a second. Look at this huge stack of books. And then I was reminded of what something my, my mom said early on uh, in our childhood. And seems to be a common denominator across the board about raising children. What are you going to do? There's all these ways to do it. And I remember she said, well, look, if you just love them, you can't go wrong. And that, as any parent knows, loving our children the most in the truest way is not about saying yes to everything. It's not about every single thing. It may, it may be a hug in a lesson learned, but it is about teaching them, nudging them, putting them in front of them what they, that, what they love, letting them, you know, go navigate their own thing that may be enough harm. Maybe let them get the bumps and bruise. You don't want them to break, you know, rather not do the thing that breaks their arm, but let them go get the bumps and bruise. Let them get some dirt under their nails and, and, uh, and figure it out. But if you love them, you can't go wrong. And let's think about that in our own lives as a, love as a weapon instead of as a, uh, maybe a passive regressive thing that, that we like to parlay over here. Well, well, if I'm too loving, then I'm, that I'm going to be losing. Nah, trust it. Trust it's actually a weapon. Mm. Thank you, man. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks also to our fantastic sponsors who help make this show possible. You can check them out in the links we have included in today's show notes. And while you're at it, if you've ever asked yourself, what should I do with my life? We have created a really cool online assessment that will help you discover the source code for the work that you're here to do. You can find it at sparkatype.com. That's S-P-A-R-K-E. T-Y-P-E.com or just click the link in the show notes. And of course, if you haven't already done so, be sure to click on the subscribe button in your listening app so you never miss an episode. And then share, share the love. If there's something that you've heard in this episode that you would love to turn into a conversation, share it with people and have that conversation. Because when ideas become conversations that lead to action, that's when real change takes hold. See you next time.